Good day, fellow investors. Welcome to the Modern Value Investing Podcast with Sven Karlin, where we compound investment returns as well as investment knowledge in order to help you achieve your financial goals. Good day, fellow investors. Today we have a guest with us that I think will spice up a little bit things on this channel. And uh, it's a guest that has been a financial blogger and a private investor for 25 years. He is the owner of the undervaluedshares.com website where he has a weekly newsletter and he sends out a report every two months on a very interesting stock. I'm subscribe to both his free newsletter and investment service. So I find his things very interesting. His story is very, very nice. And he has even lived on the Galapagos Islands for a few years doing pro bono charity work, which is something nice, very interesting story, very interesting lifestyle. And I'm happy to introduce Sven Lawrence to the channel. Welcome, Hello, Sven. Good morning. good morning to Amsterdam. It's great and to be on here. Thank you, Sven. And he is located on the Sark Island, somewhere in the Channel Islands near to Gersney. And uh, he lives there, pays very little taxes, which is also something many of us dream of, but few can uh, do that. So it's also, it's also a beautiful island. It's not just about the taxes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can. One day I'll have you here. <laughs> I don't think we will uh, believe you on that story. <laughs> And uh, the idea we are going to discuss this, this day is one of his uh, bi-monthly ideas, a uh, very interesting idea, a Dutch company called TomTom, which has had a very, very famous, notorious past, and then it has slowly fallen into, let's say, has been forgotten by the market. But Sven thinks, uh, with a W is his name uh, spelled, Sven, Sven thinks it's a good investment. So Sven, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about this idea and why do you think it's a good investment? Yes. So as you already briefly mentioned, it's a very well-known company. I think probably people in our generation, everyone will remember the first ever satellite navigation systems that we had in cars. They were the ones that you put into your, your windstream with a suction pad. And TomTom is famous for being one of the pioneers in that business. In the, in the 1990s, they started. In 1991, the first such units were sold. And this is still primarily what the company is known for, although technically speaking, that's not really the right angle to look at, which is what my report is about as well. So obviously, in the past couple of years, the importance of these personal navigation devices, as they are called, has gone down in importance because people simply have smartphones and they use Google Maps and, and other systems. However, TomTom is actually still doing a very good business selling its map system and its entire uh, software and, and the technology behind it to car manufacturers and to equipment makers that then deliver to car manufacturers. And so what you've, uh, when you drill into the accounts of the company, what you will see is that the sale of these personal devices is going down, but the okay. software services, that's been going up. And this has been a major change in how the company is positioned. Uh, and that is one of the aspects what, what makes it very interesting. It has a very high cash flow and it's actually growing in that business because cars and the car manufacturers, they need ever more data and ever better maps. And this is one of the specialities of TomTom, who are, who are based in Amsterdam, your, your home city. So yeah, there are yeah, yeah. 
And how is that evolving now? The stock price hasn't performed very well since the boom, exuberant times in 2007. Why is TomTom now, let's say 12 years after the exuberance period, why it is a buy now? So what you can see in the chart, it, in the, in the chart is that it, it basically lost 85% of its value after those boom times. And then for the last 12 years, it's been pretty much a flat curve with some up and down along the way. And TomTom seems to have recently made two very key strategic decisions. One was to sell its telematics business. Telematics is fleet management by satellite. And it put that business up for sale. It was a very good and growing business, had positive cash flow. <clears throat> and the company decided that maps is the one thing they want to focus on. So telematics was put up for sale. It took a while, but it's now just been sold for 950 million euros. And out of that 900, uh, sorry, 910 million euros, out of that 910 million, a special dividend will now be paid of 750 million. That dividend will be tax-free no matter where you live. It's mm -hmm. technically a so-called capital return. And now the company is focusing on maps. And what is happening in the map industry is a new focus on so-called high-definition maps. So the car industry is developing new ways to, uh, for so-called assisted driving. Assisted driving is when the car automatically makes certain adjustments that you're not even aware of as a driver but which makes driving safer and easier for you. And then of course, what's appearing on the horizon is autonomous driving where the car just drives itself based on maps. And the map material you need for autonomous driving is in a completely different league than the maps that were used in the past. And it's in this area that TomTom is one of the top three players in the world. You've got Google Maps, a big player obviously, but a, a younger player, so to speak, but, but very deep pockets. You've got a company called Here, H-E-R-E, which is owned by German car manufacturers and the, the chip producer Intel. And then you've got TomTom. So you've really only got three players in that field. And that's where TomTom is making major advances right now. And this is where this whole story is starting to get very interesting again. You are not speaking about a dying business in consumer electronics anymore. You are speaking about a growing and very strategic business in an up and coming area that will affect all of our lives. Everything will be based on high definition maps. We can't even imagine what exactly this will entail in the future. And how is TomTom hoping of competing in that area with deep pockets, as you say, from Google and the German car manufacturers? The company has a huge head start for a number of reasons. First of all, they already have a database of 69 million kilometers of road system around the world in countries with about 5 billion people. So that covers the vast majority of the world. And 70% uh, of the company's staff, they have 4,800 staff, and of that 70% work in research and development. This is a very research and development heavy business, and you need to know exactly how to take that mapping technology forward. And that's something where TomTom has a head start to the competition because that's the only thing the company has done in the past 30 years. They're very specialized in that, and they have a unique uh, sort of secret weapon in that sense. Currently, TomTom technology is installed in 500 million vehicles around the world. And TomTom is collecting billions of data points every month 
from these vehicles that are out there. So they're all feeding back into the system and no one else has that. Here has a much smaller user base. Uh, Google has issues with the data they're getting back. It's not nearly as precise what TomTom is getting. Uh, so that's where the company has a competitive advantage and several of the top 10 automakers in the world have just teamed up with TomTom for high definition maps. So they're not, they haven't gone to Google, they haven't gone to here, they've gone to TomTom. The company has definitely got a challenge ahead of itself. This is a highly competitive industry and it's up against some very major other operators in that field, but it's starting from a very good position. Okay, and let's put this into a market capitalization perspective. So you said we have a tax-free capital return of 750 billion right. euros. And yeah. what is the market capitalization? And right what now, is actually the current price that we have to pay for this high-definition mapping business? Yeah, so right now the market cap as we speak is 1.8 billion euros and you have net cash effectively of about a billion euros. So what you pay for the actual mapping business is about 800 million. And then you have to factor in also as an investor that sometime before the end of June, sometime in the next 10 weeks, 750 million are going to be returned to you as a tax-free dividend. You will then have another 250 million euros in net cash, the company's debt-free, still staying in the company. And then on top of that, you have the mapping business. So let's say it's, it's valued right now at effectively 800 million euros. And what would be the real value of such a business? How, how do we uh, value such a thing? So as always, and you've written a brilliant book about this uh, in terms of uh, valuations and uh, analyzing investments, uh, there is no absolute precise way to measure a company. The way I would like to look at it is, is as follows. I would value the company based on what would a purely financial buyer pay for it. Not a strategic buyer that is in the industry, but someone who just looks at the, you know, the cash coming out of it. Uh, the company is producing a free cash flow of 67 to 70 million euros. And if you applied a yield to that and you said someone is buying that on a cash flow yield of 5%, which a private equity buyer would do, that gives you a value of uh, 1.4 billion euros. Then on top of that, you have 250 million euros in, in net cash. Uh, and that builds the bottom line for the valuation in my view. And the question is if or when a strategic buyer turns up and if it's possibly several bidders for the company, what sort of strategic premium do they pay for that? And that's not a question that anyone could answer with any form of position. That's a matter of it's an auction system and they just have to bid for it. Uh, I think in the end, they will probably pay a strategic premium of probably 50%, 50%, but that's just me coming up with a number now. Uh, but it's not too difficult to come up to a valuation of in excess of 2 billion euros for a business that right now you effectively pay less than a billion for once you take the dividend out. So there's considerable upside. And what I find the most interesting personally is that this would work purely from the perspective of a private equity buyer coming in. So this is just financially driven, how much cash is coming out of the company. And last year it was reported in the media that the company already received three approaches from private equity companies that wanted to buy it. 
So there has been interest already, but apparently what happened was that the management said, we want to sell the telematics business first, get that transaction dealt with, then pay out the money as special dividend. And I think they, I mean, quite logically, they realized that it's much easier to sell a very focused, clean business where you say, this is the one area we're working in. You don't have to buy anything else with it, not even the cash. And uh, that, in my view, is what, what the management and the founders are working towards. And uh, has there been any indication that they want to sell? Because we have four founders that own 44% of the company and the rest is a free float. So they have to make the decision, are we going to sell or not? So the founders have made various statements in the media that indicated that they're very open to be approached. And the number one founder, so it's four founders and one of whom is actually the CEO as well. And he's the leading figure in there. He just had his 60th birthday earlier this, uh, sorry, his 59th birthday earlier this week. So he's approaching 60. And from what I gather in my network in the Netherlands, people like this always, you know, gossiped about. It seems like the founders are now looking at how can I how can they secure their lifetime's work? If you put yourself into their position, you know, they're you know, approaching 60. And the question now is, do you go all out and you invest everything the company has into this future business of autonomous driving and assisted driving, which is also going to require a lot of actual cash being invested? Or do you say, okay, you know, this is now something for the big guys and we've had a great run in the last 30 years and we now secure our lifetime's work. And a very strong indication is the special dividend. So instead of keeping that 750 million euros in the company to make acquisitions and to, you know, do even further investments into research and development, they're pulling that out. That makes the company also much smaller and more compact to take over. And mixed with, you know, all the media reporting about they're open to consider all sorts of options. And with what I hear on the gossip mill, it seems pretty certain that they're basically waiting for the telephone to ring. And if you want to maximize the price, then as a founder, you, you only have one opportunity to maximize the price. Then you don't advertise that you want to sell. You sort of give off coded messages and then you wait for people to approach you. Uh, and that's what I'm, what I'm expecting is going to happen in the next uh, I, I've, in my report, I've written 12 to 18 months. I think that's conservative, and I think it's going to happen faster than that. But let, let's wait and see. Okay, okay. So the downside would be that, okay, what are the risks? Let's discuss the risks. I've read an article from Google that TomTom is actually late in the investing uh, business into those high-definition maps, and that they simply cannot compete with what Google or Apple or others are spending into this. So what is the risk that the technology is at the end obsolete or then that nobody wants to buy it? Uh, I would, I've looked into that in great detail. And if you go online and you Google product reviews of TomTom, you find great reviews and you find not so great reviews. If you check everyone else's map system, you get exactly the same. Uh, and I've looked at, for example, the very in-depth product analysis that a German public, uh, a, a charitable foundation for product testing has done, where TomTom actually came out on top ahead of Google in the overall ranking. So I, I think you could argue about that. 
from my perspective, the biggest risk would have been, and I would have not touched this investment, if the founders had taken those 750 million and invested them into some acquisition, you know, buy another company at a high price. And if you buy another company, you, you ultimately always pay a very high price. Yeah, uh, uh. Uh, or if the founders had now started to, you know, triple research and development costs and pursue all sorts of pet projects, then you would have seen the money burn and, you know, disappear quite quickly. Yes. I think with dividend, that risk is very much taken care of. Uh, and it's also been de-risked recently because several of the top 10 automakers, as I said, have made a commitment to the high-definition map system that TomTom has in the pipeline. So that's not such a great worry. My, my greatest worry would be nothing happening and the stock price lingering, mm -hmm. in which case you could you know, end up, because of general volatility and disappointed shareholders, you could end up with the share price going down 20%, 30%. That is within the realm of possibility. However, at the same time, I, I would then point out, based on the current market cap, you have a, a cash flow yield in this business of 8%, which is pretty good. So there's quite a lot of cash accumulating here. Uh, they could pay out additional dividends. Um, they could turn themselves into a bit of a yield play. Uh, that would also provide some 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 uplift to the share price but all of that i don't seem that likely i think it is just extra it has an extraordinary high likelihood of attracting a bit of some kind the question is how fast how long yeah. do we have to wait and because what is the volatility in the meantime and the volatility usually when a company like that pays out capital cleans out the balance sheet cleans out all the smaller businesses that it has then it's preparing itself for a big sale problem. That's the most likely from a financial. It, it very much looks like it. it. It is a volatile stock. And I mean, just in the last couple of days, it came down 10% while the rest of the market was doing pretty okay. That volatility needs to be factored in. It, it's either a liquid stock or an illiquid stock, depending on how large your portfolio is. If you are a $100 billion investment fund, then of course, it's not a liquid stock. For the average investor, uh, it has a daily trading volume of anywhere between half a million and a million shares. So that's like uh, five to 10 million euros in shares traded. I'd call that pretty liquid for most people. So very, very interesting. Do you want to finish with something as uh, I think many of our viewers will be interested to see how this works? I, we haven't touched so much on the maps, telematics, and technology stocks here on the channel. But I think this is a refreshing idea. So I thank you for uh, sharing that. And let's finish with the closing statement. Takeover situations are something that I think especially investors in Europe should pay a lot of attention to because there are a great number of companies in Europe that could attract a potential bid. And quite often you have what I think we both as value investors really love, which is that margin of safety or that, that asymmetrical distribution between risk and, and potential upside. I love it when I have relatively little upside, but a considerable, uh, so when I have re relatively little downside, but a considerable <laughs> upside, then you need a catalyst. The catalyst is always the key factor. If there's no catalyst, then you, you don't see the upside realized. And I see a great number of opportunities in Europe, and I'm going to spend the next couple of months digging out more of these opportunities. So if, if your readers love that, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll probably have another idea for you at some stage.
perfect. And I'm sure uh, if they have any questions, if they want to dig deep into the uh, team, they can just leave the comments uh, in the comment section below on YouTube and uh, Sven and Sven will be happy to answer uh, where we can. Well, thank you Sven for doing this uh, very nice chat with you and I'm sure uh, we'll be seeing much more of you on uh, this channel with such interesting value investing ideas where few value investors would go. When you hear a technology stock like TomTom, oh, where's the value there? It might be something hyped up like other technology stocks. But when you dig deeper, especially with those forgotten stocks, you might find value. So thank you, Sven. And thank you, everyone, for uh, watching. And we'll see you in the next video. Take care. Thanks, Sven. Goodbye to Amsterdam. Thanks for listening. If you have any comments, please let me know. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a five-star review as it means a lot to me. Thank you and I'll be speaking to you in the next episode.